Hey there, Miranda Wilson here with Lesson Ideas, a science journal for kids podcast where we discuss new scientific articles that we've adapted and how you can use them in your classroom. Welcome to the 10th episode of Lesson Ideas and our final installment for season one. The Falkland Islands are a remote collection of islands off the coast of South America. It's cold and windy and ocean conditions can be dangerous. Lots of islands around the world are isolated, but plants and animals, and often people, find their way there. The question is, how? The article, How Did the Wara Cross the Ocean to the Falkland Islands, by PhD candidate Kit Hamley and her colleagues, tries to answer this question, and would be a great addition to any classroom learning about archaeology or anthropology. First, a recap of the article. When Charles Darwin visited the Falkland Islands, he was puzzled to find only one species of land-dwelling mammal, a fox-like animal called the wara. Until now, scientists have assumed humans weren't responsible for bringing the wara to the islands. However, Kit and her colleagues showed that it is very likely that indigenous people from the Tierra del Fuego visited the island centuries before the first European explorers arrived. The Yagan people are traditionally nomadic hunter-gatherers and often traveled with domesticated foxes. Kit and her colleagues believe that the Yagan people probably brought the wara to the islands centuries ago. Let's hear from Kit about how she got involved with this research. So then when I got to graduate school, I knew that I wanted to combine these interests um, and, and look at things that had happened in the past in particular. So I went to a talk um, by my future advisor, Jacqueline Gill, who's also on the paper um, as a co-author. And she had just gotten back from the Falkland Islands and she had one slide that had a picture of some of the bones that Dale Evans um, found in the islands when he was something like 13 or 14, um, some of the wara bones. And she basically said, you know, not a whole lot is known about how this fox or wolf got to the Falklands. It's something Darwin has speculated about, and this fox is now extinct. Um, and so the only way to study it is to look at um, bones from the past. And at that point I was hooked and I knew that I really wanted to understand the system better. Um, and, and that's something that's really cool about being a paleoecologist or an archeologist is we're sort of the, the forensic scientists of the past. You can hear more about Kit's research in her Ask a Scientist videos on our YouTube channel. She answers questions about her path to graduate school, what it's like doing research in the Falklands, and a bit about radiocarbon dating. There's also a compilation video showing what it's like to do field work in such a remote and complex environment. Don't forget to check out the rest of our Ask a Scientist videos to learn more about our researchers and what they do on a daily basis. Remember, these are short videos that you can show in class to pique the interest of your students. Kit also has a series of short videos she put together from her research in the Falklands for the Follow a Researcher program through the University of Maine Extension. You can find a link to the program in the show notes. Back to our article about the Wara on the Falkland Islands. The Falkland Islands are made up of two main islands along with a collection of 200 smaller ones. They are a self-governing territory of the United Kingdom. 
The islands are located about 300 miles north of the tip of South America and the same distance east of the Strait of Magellan. The average annual temperature is about 42 degrees Fahrenheit or 5 degrees Celsius, and there's no natural tree growth on the islands. So it's really cold and windy, which means that dead material doesn't decay very quickly or completely, and the islands have an abundance of peat bogs and deposits. The Falklands are home to numerous bird species, and the ocean surrounding the islands is inhabited by numerous species of dolphins, sea lions, and elephant seals. In fact, millions of penguins from five different species use the islands as breeding grounds. The wara was the only native mammal to the islands. Theories abound about how the wara arrived on the islands, including floating to the islands on icebergs, being brought by people, or that they were descendants of Chinese dogs left on the islands by early explorers. The wara went extinct in 1876 after an extermination campaign by sheep farmers. Ancient bones from the wara were discovered in 2010 by a local boy and were found to be more than a thousand years old. Kit and her colleagues found wara bones that were much older than that in conjunction with evidence of humans making it likely that the Wara were brought to the islands by humans, just much earlier than people originally thought. Check out the show notes for links to more information about the Falklands and the Wara. Our lesson idea for today explores one of the techniques scientists use to determine the age of bones and other materials, radioactive dating. The lesson was developed by the Minnesota Science Teachers Education Project. It's a hands-on lab that demonstrates radioactive decay of isotopes using M&Ms. This is the same technique that Kit and her colleagues used to date the wara bones they found in the Falklands. Basically, pairs or groups of students start with 100 M&Ms, which they randomly dump on a table. Candies with the M symbol facing up represent radioactive isotopes, while the ones with the M symbol facing down have decayed. Students separate the two categories and record their results. Then they collect all the candies that are still radioactive and dump them on the table again and follow the same procedure. Once the students have done this about eight times, they'll be running out of M&Ms that are still radioactive. Students can share their data with the class to get an average for each iteration and then graph their results. They should see an exponential decrease in radioactivity, with each iteration representing the half-life of the isotope. The lesson has notes for teachers, a list of materials, and the learning goals for the lab. A student worksheet with instructions and follow-up questions is included. There's also a PowerPoint deck with instructions to display for students, tables to take class data, and an example of how to set up their final graph. For teachers that want students to create a formal lab report, there's also a sample rubric included in the lesson plan. This is a fun and easy hands-on lab that gives clear results for students. One helpful hint that your students will thank you for 
Have each group put down clean paper towels to dump their M&Ms onto while doing the experiment. That way, they can eat their results at the end. That brings us to our teaching tip for this week. Have you ever wanted to share research from a specific location with your students? Well, we have an interactive Google map to help you explore all of our adapted articles and where the research was conducted. The location that's mapped is where the original research actually happened. So for lab work, the location would be the university or lab where the research was done. For field work, the location would be where experiments were conducted or animals collected. You can find the Google map below the search filter on our homepage. You can use the map to search for articles or specific locations, but sometimes it's just fun to browse the map and see what's out there, so enjoy. That's all for today. If you liked what you heard, thought it was helpful, and learned some cool stuff, please share with your friends and colleagues. If you'd like some visuals of the article and lesson plans we discussed today, along with clips from Kit's Ask a Scientist interviews, make sure to check out the video version of this week's podcast in the show notes. If you have questions or comments, please share them in the feedback form on our website. You can also sign up for our free monthly newsletter to learn about our latest content. And as always, please visit our website, sciencejournalforkids.org, for more free science teaching resources.